everything with God is relational. Do you know that's true? Everything with God is relational. A lot of times, uh, the biggest feeling I have uh, that I want people to take away today from this is that God's relational. No matter what, he, he wants, you, we talk about prayer and it's supernatural. It's a connection with the supernatural. It's not of this natural world. It's of his world. We're trying to connect there. That's what prayer is. And that seems scary and daunting and I don't know fill in whatever, whatever word fits you, but God would like that to be not that way to us. It, it, he wants that to be natural to us and us to understand he's, this isn't like a, a trap to prove we're not good enough Christians or something. This is him wanting to connect with us and be relational, all of this. So last week, Marie did an awesome job of introducing the first verse of the Lord's Prayer and showed us how important it was that Jesus put it in order. And he started with our Father, and he said it like Daddy, which threw everybody off. But um, he was trying to connect with us the way the relationship with God works, where it starts with intimacy of, as a loving Father and then it, go, it grows into us trusting him more and then become a dependent on him. And eventually, because we know and trust his love, then we want to love others and we want to obey him in doing that. So we're going to take some of Marie's advice and approach our Papa God by praying the Lord's Prayer together and uh, connect our hearts again. So um, can we say the prayer together, please? Okay, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Like Marie said last week, I do have to glance at my notes in, uh, because I've memorized it in different versions of the Bible, so it's always fun. So some of you may know that I was in the Army. Uh, I was in the Army about 10 years, and um, one of the cool things, thank you, one of the cool things they teach you in the Army that's very necessary is land navigation or map and map reading. Does anyone here know how to read a map? Oh, wait, I know how it is. There it is, your map. <laughs> Yes, I have one of those too. Whenever we go on a trip, me and Marie's like, Google lady, talk to me. And uh, when I finally go, it's like I get to a place where I know I got the rest of this Marie. I'm like, please shut her up. You know, I'm like getting kind of angry. I was like, she's annoying me. She repeated it five times. In a half mile turn. No, in a quarter mile turn. In a 500 feet turn. You're at your turn, turn. So anyway, but anyway, I had to be a part of the old-fashioned way where we actually had a paper map. And uh, the Army uses a special map. It's called a topographic map. So there's different kind of maps. And this one, actually, it has circles or lines on it that show you, if you can read it, the elevation changes. So I can tell by looking at a map, is there a hill there? Is there a valley there? And uh, that's very helpful when you're going to travel through the woods to know how to get there in the best way. 
Uh, so anyway, I brought this skill out of the army into my hunting days. So my brother was also in the army. So me and him, we go hunting. And uh, one time we picked a spot on Fort Leonard Wood. And uh, um, it actually is kind of a weird thing that you can drive through Fort Leonard Wood and you're in the post, but then you go off post technically in the center. Anyway, it's weird. But um, in the middle of that place... I bought a map ahead of time and said, well, I'm going to go, let's go try to hunt there. So we looked at the map and said, this looks like, a, according to the terrain, what we would think in the river bottom would be a good deer hunting area. So we went there and um, we took the map the first time. We went to the end of the road. We parked there. We walked down. We looked, scouted it out. And then um, the next two or three times, we didn't take the map. You know, we just, well, let's just look around. We understand where everything is now, sort of. I mean, we know we're not going to get lost because we get the we get the lay of the land. But it was kind of funny, about four times later, we got the map again and we looked and we're like, wow, we're driving four miles down this gravel road that's a big curve. And then we park there and then we walk a mile down here. And then I looked on the map, our Rick actually brought it up. He's like, Vince, if we park here and walk down this hill, we save two miles of driving, and it's only a half mile walk to where we're going. So it, it was hilarious looking at the map and seeing, wow, it's a, it's a whole different picture. So I bring that up because that's, that's what the Bible is, is like to me. And that's what I think God would like that to be to you, is your map of, and not the Google lady, you know, but anyway, it's, it's you being able to see with all the things in the Bible of how Jesus did things. Let's look at how he did it. Let's look at how he walked it out. And to save me from going <laughs> this really long way around or doing it the wrong way or anyway, just not seeing the simplicity of how he lived his life and how we can follow that. <clears throat> so I want us to try to see it that way. Let's use the Bible as our map, you know, with the Holy Spirit being our guide and showing us how to do that, and how we relate to God and his kingdom. So if we start where we left off last week, where uh, verse 10, it says, Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. So because your kingdom come is such, um, it's, it's deep enough on its own, we're, that is what we're sticking with today. And uh, next week will be your will be done. But so we're going to start with your kingdom come. So when we hear your kingdom come, what does that make you expect? What does that make us expect? You know, it's an important question because each of us, how we answer that or how we perceive that, what his kingdom coming is, it changes how we relate, you know, and it determines uh, how we're going to relate to God and his kingdom. So the first thing we got to know is when he says kingdom come, he doesn't mean the kingdom isn't a, you know, land with a castle and a moat. You know, it's, it's not that kind of kingdom. And if you've been in the vineyard long, you will know that's, um, this is one of the vineyard distinctives is talking about the kingdom of God. So if you, if you look at Luke's version of the Lord's Prayer... Jesus starts off, he says, your kingdom come. And then a few minutes later, he actually goes to action. He goes there, uh, he sees a guy that has a demon, and he casts this demon out of this guy. And then he says in Luke eleven twenty, 20, 
Well, the reason why he says this first is that Pharisees get jealous that he cast out a demon. They're not casting him out. They don't have his authority, and they're not doing that. So they're jealous of him. So then they're like, he's a Satanist, and that's why he's working with Satan to get that demon out. And Jesus is like, well, that's the silliest thing I've ever heard because Satan's not going to fight against himself. So then um, he didn't say exactly in those words, but that is sort of what he said. But then he said, if I drive out demons by the finger of God, not by Satan, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. So again, in verse 2, he said, your kingdom come is the way we pray. And then 20 verses later, he says, it has come. You have seen the demon cast out by the finger. So the kingdom has come. So then he like high-fived everyone, said, mission accomplished. And he dropped the mic and walked off, you know. Right? I mean, the kingdom came. He's, that was our prayer. The kingdom come, and the kingdom came, and then mission done. No, that's not what happened. That's not how it went down. Why? Because the kingdom didn't come in its fullness. That's why it's actually a prayer he taught us to pray, because he wants us to keep asking for it to invade. So what it is is God's rule and reign. When he gets his way in a moment, it is his kingdom coming into that moment. And that's what we're invited to join into also and to ask and pray for. God, bring your kingdom because this one don't look like yours, you know. If you live in our world very much and pay attention, our world, a lot of it does not look like his kingdom. It does not look like how he would want it. And that's where we invite him to break in. And that's what he's asking us to do. So what can we expect again? If we ask that question, knowing that, knowing his kingdom coming is him invading this earth with the supernatural, with his rule and reign, with what he once done, what is that supposed to look like? Well, number one, you see power, I think the power to drive out a demon, to kick Satan's kingdom away. You see um, provision in the Bible, protection, his presence, in his presence, what is his presence? It's, it's the fruit of the Spirit. It's love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's what you're going to see if you ask the kingdom to come. So what part of our lives does that fall into? It's every part. We do a funny thing as Christians sometimes, is separating our lives out, and uh, God doesn't do that. He doesn't think of it like that. You know, Jesus didn't do that. He didn't open up a church and say, this is a 24-hour church. From now on, I'm doing services here, and everyone come to my church, and, you know, I'm going to be the new pastor of this new whatever. That's not what he did. He lived his life. A lot of times you see him reclining at someone's table, hanging out. He was chilling, you know. And so he's invited to weddings. He's invited to sinners' houses. If you're not a sinner, that's a good question for you. Are you invited to sinners' houses? That's a good prayer to ask. God, let your kingdom come and help me get invited to a sinner's house. So you see him at parties. You see him hanging out. You did see him go to churches. He did. He went to the churches and, uh, and uh, spoke. And he did uh, do ministry. But a lot of times the ministry happened to him. It came to him and then he just did it because he saw it. So the first thing we do to live this out is we expect it. I mean, that's what you see with Jesus. He expected the kingdom to come. And 
this is important with this prayer. If you pray this prayer, again, what Marie said last week, slow down. Pray it. Connect with the single words. What is that prayer? If I'm praying it, I expect it. God wants me to expect it because he's got cool stuff for me. You know, the neat thing about this prayer is Jesus is asking you to boldly ask your father. He's saying you can boldly ask daddy in heaven to bring his kingdom. You know, our, expect, our expectations change everything. You know, because of my hunting, I see animals easier in the woods out of practice. And I expect to see them. So actually, a lot of times we're driving on the road, and I'm looking at the side every once in a while and, and looking to see if I see animals, wild animals. And I see them, and sometimes I'm like, I used to drive Matt Forrest crazy, and we are like, turkeys, and he's like, I didn't see them. You know, how'd you see them? I'm looking for them. I'm expecting to see them. And one reason I do that is, of course, I don't want to get hit by, you know, hit any of them. So if I see if they look like ready to go, uh, I have actually avoided quite a few accidents that way. And I actually have caused an accident that way. One time I was driving in Kansas and I saw a deer cross the road. So I slowed down and watched the ones cross. And another one, because I slowed down, I think he was a smart one that had timed it perfectly. And I messed up his timing and he rammed into my door. So I was like, oops, so that don't work perfectly every time. But, um... I slowed down enough, he just put a little dent in my door. So it was pretty, yeah, I think he was kind of mad at me. But, um, but I have actually saved a lot of times from just ramming and, and totally totaling out one of my cars. Now, my expectation doesn't make the animals appear, I don't think. Right? I mean, sometimes we do that with Christianity. Well, if I expected that animal's got to appear now, well, no. I mean, I, I don't, that's not what's happening here. I expect it, so I see it when it is happening. And that's what Jesus said he did. He said, I only do what I see the Father doing. I expect it, I'm looking for it, and then I see it, and then I join it. That's what he said. He's like, I don't do anything on my own. That's his words, not mine. So that couldn't have happened if he didn't ex- expect it, right? Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith, now faith is confidence in what we hope for, assurance about what we do not see. That's expectation of something you don't see because it's real. You do, you do. You just see, if, if you read the Bible again, read the Gospels again and see Jesus, you see him doing this. You see him expecting and waiting and watching and seeing it. And you see him going along for the ride with the Holy Spirit like, this is fun. I like what you're doing. And then he gets a kick out of the disciples being a little slower. They're a little bit behind. It's like the time the disciples come up to him, Jesus has just been ministering to thousands of people. So thousands. And it's like bigger than our St. Pat's Parade. It's like the whole town of Rolla was there, like all in this area. And he's, you know how long it takes to pray for everyone like that? A long time, right? I mean, a very long time. So they're going late into the evening and the disciples concerned about all of those poor people should probably go get something to eat, Jesus. I mean, they are probably hungry, you know, is what he's like, you know. Maybe, maybe the disciples might have been hungry too. They didn't mention that though. They're like, I care about them. Jesus, you should send them away now. Stop ministering so they can go eat. And Jesus was like, 
He was like, um, why don't you feed them? And then they flipped out. Wow, oh my gosh, what did you just say? And they're like, you're not that smart because that would take like a year's wages, Jesus, to feed all of them, you know? And he's like, <laughs> so he had to get the biggest kick. I wonder when he had the download from the Holy Spirit, this is happening, you know? That's the thing I wonder. Sometimes you can see when he gets it and you see Jesus sees it and he says it. But sometimes you don't know when he was in on the joke. But anyway, Jesus, God's like, I'm going to show off here. And Jesus is like, cool, let's do this. But so they did it. So the, the expectation we have is our preparation, but then we have to see it. We have to be able to see it. Like I said, I only do what I see the Father doing, Jesus said. In John 3, Jesus said in that discussion with Nicodemus, he says, he said that if you are born of the Spirit, you can see the kingdom of God. He's like, that's how you see the kingdom of God, if you're born of the Spirit. So when become born again, which you were born in the flesh, he's like, when you become born again in the Spirit, you will see the kingdom of God. That was the very first thing he said. Nicodemus like, you must be from God. And Jesus said, if you're born again, you can see the kingdom of God. And that had to sound kind of weird to him. Right? I mean, that didn't seem to connect. If he didn't understand, that didn't really connect with what he had just said. But Jesus was trying to teach him. And it's the same with us. We have to look with spiritual eyes. And that's what the Holy Spirit invites us to. And this is just, this is just built in an understanding from Jesus that, that that's what we need. So when we use words like see the kingdom of God or hear, I hear God say or whatever, it's actually like a, a big conglomeration of an awful lot of things. We sense things, we feel, we have an intuition of just knowing. I just, you just know. And sometimes it said Jesus knew their hearts. He knew what they were going to say. He knew what they were thinking. Sometimes he saw something. Sometimes he heard. And so all of these are interchangeable. What it is, is the Holy Spirit interacting with you. And what the Holy Spirit's trying to do is, like I said, he's trying to, he's trying to be our, our guide it's like looking at that map of the Bible again, and then you got the map, and then you got the Holy Spirit with that map, and the Holy Spirit's guiding us. This is how you see the kingdom of God, this is how you expect it, and this is how you join it. And that is the next part, is joining it. It's not enough to just see it. Expect it. I expect to see the kingdom of God break in. Ooh, I see it breaking in. Woo! I saw it. You know, the, uh, a neat pastor, Alan Scott of the uh, Anaheim Vineyard now, he says the fifth book in the New Testament, it's not called the book of thoughts. If you let that sink in for a second. It's called the book of Acts. It was the Acts of the Apostles. They stepped it out. They did what they saw the Holy Spirit doing. When they saw the kingdom breaking in, they joined. They did it. It's not a story about them talking about it. But Vince, it's scary. <laughs> it's scary. It's difficult.
Yes, and that's why, again, he gave us a map. That's why the Bible's here for us to learn on, to see how other people have done it and, and kind of try to copy. And, and he can do it different ways, but that's why the Holy Spirit speaks. So it's all relational, us learning how to hear the Holy Spirit guide us through that. That's why it's not a, a book of directions on how to do it word for word every time. It's different. He did different miracles different ways because that's what the Holy Spirit said to do. This is how this is going to happen this time. This time I want you to spit, make some mud, put mud pies on the guy's eyes, and he's going to be healed. I mean, oh my goodness. I'm still building up enough faith for that one. Uh, uh, bravery, not faith, just the bravery that, well, and I got to be so clear. I think I'm hearing you clearly, but I uh, spitting on someone, whoo, that's a little different. But Jesus had such a perfect, intimate relationship that it was nothing for him to do that. Of course, that made sense right then. And I don't know why, but it's all trusting in, in faith and stepping out in what he's got. You know, the, the, other, the other thing playing here always is that we were raised, it's like, again, until you're, you're born of the flesh and you're raised in a culture, that's the opposite. It's, it's Satan's culture. He, he raised this culture. He, he, he's the one that developed how we think about, the, you know, how things are ran. So we think, in the, and it's the natural world. It's not the supernatural. So we see in the natural. And that's what we're used to. So we have to train ourselves to leave that behind on, when we're doing this and look at things through God's eyes. I mean, there's a neat verse in the Old Testament where a, a prophet saw, and it's like this army coming up against them, and this prophet told the other guy, God, let them see with your eyes. And then, poof, he saw angels all around that were going to defend him. So he was no longer scared. And, but God has the same thing for us now on, on changing the way we see things. But we have to be open to that. Because, again, our culture has taught our minds where we can totally miss. Some of us say, if I heard the audible voice of God, then I would know. And then, you know, in that New Testament, Jesus was standing there and God spoke from above. And people said, that was thunder. Because their minds would not let them process that. It wouldn't fit in their box of how culture works. And that's where we are, and that's how we got to grow out of. And the cool thing is, on joining him, is God's expectations in this is just like you if you're a parent with your kid. You start out with a baby, and you feed them milk. And that's what he does, and he says that in the Bible. I fed you milk. Now I'm ready to start feeding you a little more salad food. I'd like you to grow up a little bit. But your first expectation of a baby walking is not... They fell on their face, you loser. You know, uh, you know, I'm mad at you. You're grounded. Yeah, I mean, you don't do that with your baby. And you don't say loser and all that when you're grounded. I hope not. <laughs> to your older kid. But your expectations is according to their development level. And that's, what, that's where we are. And it's not to trap you and say, ha, ha, ha. You failed at that. It's a relationship he's wanting to develop with you and me. And that's what you see again. You see when Jesus teaches us to pray like that, he's already there and he's trying to teach us to pray like that, just boldly expecting he's going to do this thing. So we pray your kingdom come and we're expecting things and we're expecting to join and learn how to do that. And he, again, is going to start off with, with little things. 
You know, it could be just as simple as this. You pray today, your kingdom come. And you seriously pray that. And you don't know what that looks like. But this week, and, and you're like really new at this, stepping into supernatural. But this week, you see an opportunity to show kindness to someone. So then that person, you go out of your way to hunt them down. To like, I had to go out of my way to show them kindness. But that's because you felt that in your heart. They need to be shown kindness. So you show them. And, and that person... You may walk away, well, that was baby stuff, you know? I mean, that was kind of, that's nothing. And you could have saved their life. They could have been so desperate that it's like, you know, if this world had any kindness, I would feel like living in it, but, you know, I'm ready to give up. And you could have just been a part of God breaking in and saving their life. And it happens. You have no idea how much you can be involved in those little things. And it, God wants us to start off slow. He helps us start off slow. And it's not less than, it's slow. And it's, and it's the baby stuff. It's still not a less than thing. Given kindness is equally as powerful as praying for someone and seeing them be able to walk. There's no difference to God. It's all bringing his kingdom, his kingdom coming in to their life. And the last thing we need to do there, obviously then, is grow it. We have to grow it. We have to grow in this. We have to develop this. It's, it's just like learning. I learned how to read a map. When I first read it, when I first tried that, I didn't get it, you know, and it took a while of teaching to learn. And I will tell you a story another time about a platoon sergeant that didn't know how to read a map that was higher ranking than me and started to lead some, anyway, people into a danger area. So anyway, um, We are learning and growing by everything we do. So this is one neat thing. That's why we have a church that gathers here. Uh, one of the reasons is that we can, we can pray for each other safely. It's a safe place. to You pray for me and say, I feel like God's saying whatever, you know, you should join the NBA. And I'm like, well, I don't know if that one's really hitting here. I don't think it... I'll pray about it. You know, I'll put that one on the shelf. But it's a safe place for you to try and risk saying that to me. And I'm not going to shoot you down and say, well, that's the dumbest, you know, you don't hear from God or what. You have a place to learn and grow in relationship. And that's, again, why we have life groups. That's why we have church to connect and learn how to grow in these things. And as we grow in it, it's our job to, you know, it's just like it is your child's job at a certain point to start stewarding their own growth. You know, you Whenever you can release more stuff to them to drive the car, take responsibility for their own job, they're the ones that get themselves up maybe for that job. Maybe they don't. Maybe you do that. But eventually you want to release that to them as something they're stewarding that in their life for them to be growing in. And it's the same way with this. God, God's expecting us to take some ownership in what we want to grow in. And at first, again, we're a baby and he coddles, but later on we're bigger and he's like, you press in to get more of this. And this is not a, to make you feel guilty and say you're whatever. This is a, if I want to grow in the kingdom, then I have to practice it and I have to steward that. I have to learn. And you see what Jesus and the disciples is, 
one day they were praying for someone. Apparently, he had released them to pray for people and, and, and cast out demons, and they tried to pray for this one, and they couldn't cast the demon out. And Jesus was like, well, this one's not going to come out without prayer and fasting. And, um, and earlier, another part of the Bible, you saw that it's, people had said, hey, why aren't your disciples fasting? And he's like, because they're with me right now. Later on, they're going to need to. And fasting is just a way of, of connecting with the kingdom of God and growing in that. So they needed to fast later on and learn and grow. So again, as we wrap up, I just, I want us to notice how relational all this was. You know, how this is, how relational it is. Jesus taught us to pray to the Father like like he did, in a relationship with the Father, and like, I mean, just a, a closeness. And he wants us to connect with the Holy Spirit and himself like that. He wants us to do that. And that helps us deal with the strangeness of dealing with the supernatural. Because it is strange, very strange. But that, that helps us connect. When, when we have such a close relationship with him, then it makes, it makes that easier. And we're growing in trust. So when we pray the Lord's Prayer, we're actually kind of answering God's call into this relationship growth cycle. You know, we're praying to our loving daddy for his kingdom to come. And we have great expectations for it to break in. And then whenever we see it, we ask him, what are you doing? You know, what's going on here? And then we just join him. And we join him with the feeling, seeing, hearing what he's doing. And we, and we just, we go along with that. And every time we do that, I promise you, every time you do that in the supernatural, you grow from it and you learn. And sometimes I make mistakes and I'm like, wow, I missed it there. Sometimes it is as simple as I missed it for praying for someone or I, or, but sometimes it, and sometimes it's, I didn't, I didn't, I felt a tug to go be kind to that person and I didn't. So I want to, I want to do again, end it just like Marie did last week on, on praying the Lord's prayer. And whenever we pray it, I just want to pause after your kingdom come. I just want to say your kingdom come, and I want us to pause at that point. And I want us to pause because I want us to think for a second. And, you know, I want you to think personally for you. So what does that look like? What, what thing do you want to see his kingdom come? What in your world right now could you use a little of God's kingdom breaking in? And I like to brag about my daddy God a little bit because he likes to show off in that place if you trust him. So then, so then your next step is not today. It can be today, but your next steps immediately. From now on, I'm going to be on alert expecting to see his kingdom come in that place. And it will probably come in other places too because he's relational. He wants to, hey, you want to hang out and do my stuff with me? I mean, that's what he's going to do. And just look for it. And when you see it, join it. Be brave. 
Join it. He, he does not step you past what you're ready for ever. He does not. He puts you right where you need to be on this stuff. So please uh, pray with me. And uh, So let's start. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Let's just pause there. Just picture it. Speak to us, Lord. Okay, let's continue. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forget. Forgive the ones. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.